Welcome to the Speaking From Our Hearts podcast. In this edition, we'll be talking about many aspects of life, particularly health, relationships and wealth-related topics, all from a heart-centred approach. Your host, Paul Lowe, has a long and successful history of helping others through his coaching and mentoring, as well as his many charitable initiatives. He's been responsible for positively impacting thousands of people's lives, particularly young people from challenging backgrounds. Paul is the author of the books Mastering the Game of Life from Pain to Purpose and Speaking from Our Hearts. Hello listeners and welcome to this Speaking From Our Hearts podcast episode. Today I'm joined by a lady from London by the name of Jenna Lee Anderson. Jenna Lee, a very, very warm welcome to you. Thank you, Paul. It's lovely to be on the show with you today and hello to all your listeners. And today you want to talk to us about mind mastery and relationships. I do indeed. It's Mm. um, a subject that I find that I have a great love for. Um, If you can master your mind, you can have the most magical relationships. When I use the word relationship, I don't just mean intimate relationships. I'm talking about all of our relationships, the relationships that matter across our entire lives. So the relationships that we have with our children, with our friends, with our colleagues, with our bank manager, with our health, um, with our pets, whatever you have a relationship to. Um, understanding your own minds and what you're thinking and where you stand in relation to others will greatly help heal and um, benefit those dynamics. So yeah, that's that's something that I'd like to share with you today. So um, starting the energetic dance off, as I call it, I always call these things a dance <laughs> because we're uh, we're exchanging energy backwards and forwards, ideas, thoughts, opinions, call them what you will. Um, so am I hearing you correctly then, generally, when you're saying that actually anything and everything starts with us first internally before we can pass that energy on externally? Is, is that what I'm hearing? Absolutely. But I think it's really important because the word energy gets bandied around a lot. We talk about energy, 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 and it's especially in spiritual circles and in the New Age movement. And more and more people are becoming more aware of um, energy healing as a modality itself. But I don't necessarily feel that people truly understand what energy is in the first place. Um, there is a, from a scientific point of view, energy is the transference it of, is the transference of waves, particles, things that move through, you know, the invisible forces that move so gravity is and gravity has energy magnetism has energy when we're talking about it in relation to ourselves and healing we're talking about the um the 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 sin the the force that knows how to take an acorn and turn it into an oak tree that unseen unspoken thing that just is is the kind is, is when i'm talking about energy that's what i'm relating to and it lives and breathes and permeates every single aspect of life physically the stuff you can see and the stuff that you can't see and we're not really taught at school to phys- fully get our minds around that concept around the fact that there are there are forces that you can't see touch taste or smell that are moving through your life And they have a charge. They have a positive and a negative charge, a masculine, feminine energy aspect to them, an up and a down, a left and a right. Everything has a polarity and so does energy. And the in relation to, um, let's just call it masculine energy, is the energy that moves, that does things, it pushes. It's not about gender. It's not about men. It's the direction of the flow of this energy, masculine energy moves forward. 
feminine energy is the receiver of that pushing and it's not about it's not a, it's not about women it's about the direction of the flow so if you think your right hand goes that way and your left hand goes the other direction they have a dance like you said at the beginning there's a dance the dance of energy and that is the force that i'm referring to when i'm speaking about energy so as it moves the, the, as it has the ability to turn an acorn into an oak tree, it has this natural desire to take everything from its potential to its full actualization. And if we can get our heads around that, that this force, this dynamic, this dynamic um, field that, that works for us is working on our behalf and wants to take us to our maximum potential always in every area especially in our relationships to to each other to like i said to our health to our pets to, to nature to everything and if we can learn to get into the flow of this if we can just accept it and stop fighting and resisting the fact that this 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 force this this energy wants to take us to our highest level and has our highest good at heart we can create magical lives for ourselves and in turn because we are all connected by the same energy um we create magic for others and that's as humans because we are social herd herd animals that's what we want that's what we thrive on we are designed for peace and we are designed to be um uh, compatible with each other we're not really designed for competition we've kind of bought into this idea that we're against each other and we have to compete we don't our relationships are harmonious are meant to be harmonious we feel good when we are in harmonious relationship to others does that make sense it makes perfect sense and i just want to come in um on on this point generally and say okay so we set the tone for the dance by by the title of Mind Mastery and Relationships. Now, straight away, now I'm playing a bit of a devil's advocate here, um, as the, mm -hmm. listen, the listeners do like me to do. So straight away, the connotation with the relationship is it's heart-centered. So yeah. I just wonder why, or just suggest that maybe a better title <laughs> might have been Heart Mastery and Relationships. It could be. And I will, I won't contest that with you. However, I will say this. The reason why I call it mind mastery is because the body has three brains. You have neurons, you have the same uh, neuron, you, you have the same cellular structure in your heart as you do in your gut and as you do in your brain. To a smaller degree, but it's there. So you actually have a mind in your heart, you have a mind in your gut. The mind that causes the most problems and the one that needs mastering first is the logical mind. Once you understand logically what you are and where you fit in the divine plan of the universe you are then less defensive you you are not you're, you're less fearful because fear is fear is in the mind fear is thoughts you think fearful thoughts do you know what i mean that's where your fear comes from it's in your mind so if you can master your your thinking and then you open you relax uh, the logic you relax that gate and you can then naturally go into your heart center you can go into your heart brain you can get into your gut intuition which is in your stomach and the three brains can harmonize together but until we master the the uh the brain in the head 
until we get our heads around that mind, we're going to struggle with connecting with the heart and the gut because our world is structured to dismiss intuition, to dismiss feeling. We're told to, you know, to think. We're encouraged to think, think, think with our with our thinking minds, with our brains, more so than we are to, to dive into the wisdom of the heart. So until you master your thinking, until you, the Course in Miracles, which I'm a, which I'm a teacher of, says and advocates that the world that we live in, the thoughts that we have in our head are 180 degrees away from the, from the, the thoughts of creator or source or your own heart. So until you can get your brain on board, you are going to struggle um, with the heart, not that you, it's not possible, of course it's possible, but it's much easier if you can soothe your thoughts because your thoughts come from your childhood experiences, life experiences, you've created beliefs around what you've interpreted through your physical senses, which trans, which are transcribed through your brain. Mm. So you're, you know, does that mean, do you understand where I'm coming from? So in order, to, if you really want to get value from the heart, then you've got to be able to master your thoughts in the first place. Otherwise, you'll struggle. Okay, so let me come in from, uh, you mentioned an interesting word earlier, um, generally around science. So yeah. one of the things that I'm currently writing about is the, the language we tell ourselves. And it's basically around who do you think you are. And within that is this this whole kind of concept of do we, we do we beat ourselves up with our words or do we tell ourselves a self-empowering story because beliefs are only temporary stepping stones they're things that they're not true and they're not false they're, they're stepping stones that we create at any one given moment in time to help us along our way and within that is this concept of okay so i actually gave myself a character name from a previous live a victim mode called shufflefoot and my shufflefoot was a guy of as i've said it was me it was victimhood why is it always happening to me and so my whole belief system became a self-fulfilling prophecy of i'm the victim and I attracted that energy, I attracted those experiences, but it was never ever my fault, you know, it was always somebody else's fault, never me. What, and I think this ties in quite nicely, and that's why I played devil's advocate and put the, pitted the head versus the heart. Uh, was it a Sioux tribe said, it's probably one of the longest journeys you'll ever make. Well, that's open to, mm -hmm. uh, it's an interesting quote. Um, but... One of the interesting things for me here generally is this um, language that we tell ourselves because to flip that shuffle foot mentality over, that victim dialogue, if you will, to actually, I think I'm Superman now, and or Superwoman in the case obviously of a female, and that whole kind of energy that we create, which kind of takes us back to the top of the conversation, um, and the science that attached to that, because the brain has certain chemicals called neuropeptides, as I'm sure you know, that literally bring these molecules of emotion like love, fear, joy, passion, so on, so on. They bring them into life and then they circulate throughout the, our old cell, cellular structure. So we create, we've got like our own kind of internal frequency. Um, so like, I don't know. 92.5 could be jazz and 99.6 will get rock or whatever it is. 
So that's why generally I pose the question around, well, is it a question of the head or is it the heart? What, what's your thoughts around what I've just said there? Um, is it, I, 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 like I said, I feel that they, the, we have been conditioned to think and the language that we, our lang the, the problem with language is it doesn't encompass, for a start, we're not taught language, we're not taught to speak at school. Most people have a very limited vocabulary. Mm. Um, they aren't encouraged to speak, they, they're not encouraged to refine their uh, emotional language. So they will, people tend to use one word when you could break it down into the 10. So the ability to explain what they are feeling is challenging. So I ha that's one of the reasons why I scratch my head um, when people, uh, when you, you know, when you're talking about referring to language, because my own experience from working with clients and coaching is that the, most people just don't fully have the natural ability to express themselves with words. Um, and that's because they were just not taught. We're not taught to do so. And men um, have been denied the full extent of emotional language, uh, more so than women. And so we do tell ourselves stories, but the stories that we tell ourselves, the problem comes is when there's nobody to correct you. There's no one to just put to to set you straight, really, not not in a loving way. That what you're doing, what you're telling yourself is incorrect. And all we've got is our own experiences and our own um, interpretation of what's happening in our lives to go by. And that's where the language comes from. And if you've grown up in a household where you weren't lovingly supported to speak your truth or your truth wasn't held lovingly, then you, the chances are you're going, to be, you're going to use language and terminology that's aggressive towards yourself, that's unforgiving and unloving, because you don't know any better. You know? That's right. And if I can be allowed to share, and I agree with that, um, but with all due respect, I agree with that on a... Um, well, I, let, let me just park it there without going too deep at this stage. Um, and obviously, I'm trying to constantly convey this for the benefit of the listener. But if I can be allowed to share generally an experience that lasted for decades um, with myself, and that was being brought up in that household where the male, i.e. my stepfather, was extremely violent and abusive to both me and my mother, uh, mm -hmm. physical violence, um, of the extreme order, both of us being beat up regularly. And I'm talking about mm -hmm. me being a kid of nine, 10 years of age. Um, my mother's trying to protect me. So this whole language of them when I, you know, got a little bit older and stepped in to try and fight him back, I actually went to try and kill him once when I was 13, 13 and a half. And he just wiped the floor with me. Uh, he didn't need an excuse because it's what he did anyway. I mean, that was his. But what was interesting for me and when we talk about that language, because the language was vile, it was disgusting. As you can imagine, the physical violence was one thing. And as I think as a young kid reflecting on that, or somebody that had got limited awareness was actually going off here, whether it was a kid or not, was it's kind of irrelevant. It was about my level of awareness. Um, to experience this, why didn't I grow up a violent thug? I, I don't get me wrong, I learnt a lot of defensive, negative survival behaviour, but I created a very, very strong judgement on the back of that. 
And it was when I attempted suicide at the age of 13 and a half and something very profound happened in that moment that it didn't happen. Um, but I made a conscious choice or what I kind of now I'm aware of as a conscious choice as I will never ever fly or freeze again from the rest of my life I will fight for the underdog now my framing of underdog then generally was women and children for the reasons and the conditioning and as one that was brought up with this and I love the, how you frame this emotional language and this is something I particularly love to challenge um, and this is a great conversation. So thank you for sort of, you know, providing this this platform for this this exchange. Uh, and I will shut up in a minute because I'm, I'm mindful that you've got loads to say as well. But I feel very, very passionate about this because it's so important that this emotional language and to coin a phrase, big boys don't cry. For me, what I learned, and I didn't intellectually learn it because I hadn't got that maturity at that, but actually big boys do cry, and the bigger they are, the more they actually cry. I couldn't understand that, but I just intuitively knew it was right. Having moved on throughout the decades, generally, I now know that within my truth and my level of awareness, so I take total responsibility for the statement of big boys do cry, and this whole emotional language responsibility that we have, not only to ourselves, but to each other, is absolutely critical. And if I'm gauging you and hearing you correctly, generally, generally that's kind of what I'm hearing you saying, if I'm hearing you correctly. Um, I hear what you're saying, and I, I don't have an answer for why people who have a um sorry something just caught my eye um i don't have an answer for why to people who go through certain experiences don't then become those people i genuinely don't have an answer for that i feel that consciousness the awareness is is key to what you said the fact that you are consciously making choices about how you want to live your life and there is you know, from a metaphysical point of view, I believe that there is something in you that is aware that there is something else, that you're not your story, that you aren't what happened to you, and that there is you, the physical you, who had those experiences. But there is also another version of you, like a higher self-you, who um, is has risen above that. Yeah? And so that's what I feel that that maybe in your circumstances that's what's happening. It's the highest self you is taking has has guided you, has taken you through that. Yeah. And that was yeah, and that was a character that I've latterly referred to as Satnam. Mm. Which Sanskrit for I am truth, that higher self, that awareness of I'm better than this. I mean, don't get me yeah. wrong, on a on a sort of, you know, on a physical, practical level, there were many you know, it wasn't all of a sudden I've discovered the light and the world's a beautiful place. Far from it, because the conditioning that went with that was extreme. There was limiting beliefs in there. There was self-sabotage. There was a whole host of stuff that, you know, um, it took a long time to work through. Knowing what I know now, I believe it shouldn't have took a long time. And I'm using that word shouldn't, 
which apparently is a word that we shouldn't ever use. Shouldn't, couldn't, wouldn't have, and all that kind of thing. So I'm really putting this at a kind of base practical level, um, deliberately generally, to say to people that are listening, um, and that is the essence of speaking from our hearts, that you know, no matter what, how desperate the situation seems, there are some very simple insights and that's what the essence of what I like to do on speakers, you know, simplify and distill it down into those golden nuggets to say to, to the listeners and reinforce things like emotional language is so important. You know, whether we agree on the philosophy of duality, non-duality, you know, modalities is kind of, that's just personal, that's personal thoughts and opinions. But what is unequivocally from a scientific point of view is this energy that you allude to, um, alluded to at the top of the conversation and the practicalities of, you know, choices we make. You mentioned a, a very interesting uh, word, choices, and we do have choices based on our level of awareness. But I suppose it's not until you you listen to sort of thought provoking things that, that stretch you out. You know, we only know what we know until somebody might, you know, a good teacher will show us something different, not tell us what to see. But maybe you might want to have a look over there and, and look at things a bit differently. So, you know, by constantly increasing our awareness, we're giving choices, aren't we, to maybe look at things and think about things in a different way. But kind of no apologies for repeating generally the the power and the critical nature of emotional language as, as being, you know, as being one of those uh, factors. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel that the, that's, that's, this is the actual key word, really, in this whole, whole discussion, that we are born as feeling, we are born feeling sensation being. Babies are sensation driven. We are driven by sensation. We are driven by feelings. That is who we are. And when we try, to, when we choose to listen to how we feel, because how we feel trumps everything. How we feel doesn't have a language, it just is. You are, it's very simple. You are either feeling joy, happiness, love, contentment, peace, or you're not. And when you become aware of how you feel, and when you make your choices based on how you feel, your whole life changes. But this has to be awareness in order for you to do so. You have to be aware that you feel. And a lot of people are disconnected from their bodies, um, are disconnected from their emotions and just meandering through life, talking too much and not feeling enough, making excuses and justifying um, why they are, where they are and who they are. When the truth is, when you own your vibration, when you own how you feel and allow that to guide you, use that as your GPS system, you don't need to speak so much because you stop doing and you just start being. And you finally tune your GPS, you tune your radio station into the vibrations that feel good. And if you choose to do that, you feel good and you, you, you act in a way that, that um, emanates that and people can see that and it resonates. If you don't feel good, then you are going to attract things of the same vibration to you. So, you know, it's that classic one where if you've ever woken up in the morning and you, fa you felt quite good as you got out of bed, then you banged your little toe and you swore and then you tripped over the cat and then you were late for work and then it started to rain and things just spiraled from that 
point of vibration of ouch this this is crap this isn't no this isn't feeling good and you've allowed that negative feeling to drive your day and then when you meet someone on you meet somebody and you have a conversation with them the language that you then use to justify the way you feel is negative and people who um want to support you in that negativity will do so and you will justify how you feel based on what you've said um, to somebody who's mirroring back to you exactly what you're saying but if you take control of how you feel from the beginning and if you make your intention to feel good and you put that in your mind doesn't that, that that's the only work that needs to be doing to be done is the decision and the commitment to feel good and to consistently apply that every day of your life then there's less work to do there's nothing to do other than to focus does this feel good do i feel good no let me find tune what is it that's going on it, what am i feeling why am i feeling this what's what's really going on and sit with it and this is when you can then tap into the wisdom of the heart this is the heart the heart's um domain where you can there's an exercise i teach my students where you put your hands upon your heart chakra you put your hands upon your heart because wherever you touch yourself physically your attention will go to that spot so when you put you touch yourself on your heart and you close your eyes and you breathe and you reassure yourself I'm safe because you're not being chased by a saber-toothed tiger like your old brain thinks that you are. Your old reptilian brain thinks that, you know, there's danger outside and we haven't moved on in two million years. But you soothe yourself. I'm okay. I'm safe. What is it that you want me to know? What is it that I, that I, what's in my shadow? What do I need to hear? And you ask your heart that question and it will speak to you. When I do my own, have my own heart conversations, my heart voice is very distinct. I know when my heart is talking to me, I can hear it. It's an actual conversation and I don't have to use any words. I just feel it. It's a conversation without language and I've learned to master that. And so therefore I feel good. My, my, my days are spent feeling good. If I don't feel good, I know I am out of resonance with the universe. The universe isn't out of resonance with me and I don't have to justify or explain it to anybody. I just need to own it and tune in. Is it over? This is a, this is a question I love to ask to guests when we end up on this um, this particular thread. Is is it is it oversimplifying it then to say that from a choice perspective? Because I think we agree that there is a choice to be had here. Is it oversimplifying it to say it's a choice between love and fear? No, not oversimplifying it at all. Simple is best. Simple works. Simple mm. is true. You know, we come into this world as fully functioning, loving beings. And from the moment you are born, nine times out of ten, obviously there are variations. Babies loved. Babies are adored. They know that they're good. You know, my favorite people to watch are three-year-olds. Three-year-olds are unstoppable. They know that they're good. They know that they're loved. They know that they're unstoppable. They can jump off a bench and they're flying through the sky. They're amazing. You know, they don't have to justify themselves. And then we um, have it taught out of us. We have our, our goodness, our love, our natural instincts, our ability to connect to source. We have that trained out of us. Mm. And then we spend the rest of our lives trying to get back to what we knew, know is our original truth, that I am good, I am worthy. That's what we spend our lives trying to do. And it is as simple as, is this, does this feel, does this, is this loving? Does this feeling feel good? If it does, then it's true, it's authentic. It's love. It's come from, from, from source energy. It's the energy that creates worlds. It's mine. It's my truth. If it doesn't, then what I've got is a belief that's been 
nine times out of ten handed to you by a well-meaning person usually family or school or church or religion or whatever you got it from somewhere that was well-meaning but those people those systems those structures gave us those beliefs because they worked for them at that time and they then they may not be applicable for you now the way that things were done before may not suit you and may that 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 feeling that this isn't right for me may cause you anxiety and stress and that's where the fear comes in i'm doing it wrong i'm not good enough i'm not worthy i have to do something else in order to be loved valued and appreciated if i don't behave in this way if i don't perform to this degree then i'm going to be outcast from from the tribe from the herd people won't want me i'm unlovable and that's where our fear comes from but we came into this world we came into this time space continuum fully aware of what we are and who we are and where we come from and that's the work i feel for all of us to do is to remember who are you who am i to ask the deeper questions not how can i fix this there's nothing to fix when you own who you are when you know who you are when you understand who you are what you are and why you're here there is no fear there is absolutely no fear it's just that simple there is only love because you recognize your source you recognize the power of what you are and where you've come from and your heart isn't at peace then because your heart is in communication directly with its source and will drive you and guide you if you choose if you choose to allow it to do so that 3 to 7 year old phase there i know you didn't necessarily allude to the 7 year old but from that phase of development is what i call about learning about labels so we pick up a label you are this you are that and we we learn that behavior to the point where as we progress through life, we've, we've picked up these conditioned beliefs. So, yeah. Um, okay, so I want to ask you a big question as, as we draw to a close generally. But before I ask you that sort of final concluding question, um, I just want to, you to share really uh, how people can get in touch with you, reach out to you, find out more about uh, your work. Okay, so I am Jenilee Anderson. And I am on social media as Jenna-Lee Anderson. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Um, I also have a website, www.jennaleeanderson.com. The easiest way to get to converse with me is to just send me a message. Or if you're on Facebook or on Instagram, send me a direct message. And I love to reply um, to messages and queries that people have and have those conversations. And next year, we'll be doing some live events. But um, there'll be more information about that on social media. But yeah, please do connect, say hi, and uh, let's keep having these conversations. So the big question that I want to ask you, generally, is this. If there was just one piece of advice, I don't really like the term advice, but one, one guidance, one, one statement, one really kind of profound piece of um or insight that you could share with the world above any other, just that one golden nugget, because listeners invariably will take away, you know, one one real kind of nugget, and that's been scientifically proven. What is that one big nugget that you would like to leave? Um, I would like to say that your worthiness is not un your worthiness is not under question. The fact that you are awake this morning, the fact that you are listening to this conversation, the fact that you are breathing justifies your existence. The fact that you are here means life wants you here. Your mission, your charge 
is to find why, is to find your why. Why are you here? You don't need to justify that you're here. You just need to live your truth and figure out why you're here. What are you here to do? Who are you here to serve? Um, what's your legacy? So that would be my uh, takeaway bit, is to ask yourself why. Why are you really here? Who are you here to serve? Superb. Thank you. Generally, I do want to thank you immensely. It's been a fascinating conversation. It's been a, I think it's been a, you know, a, a proper dance. <laughs> um, what, what isn't a proper dance? Um, you know, define a proper dance. But uh, so thank you very much indeed. Thank you for, for taking part in, uh, for me, what's been a very enjoyable um, conversation. Thank you. And so there we are, listeners, and all that remains now is for me to sign off by saying, remember, no matter what you do in life, always walk your path with heart. Heart, helping everyone achieve results towards success.